Hey dudes, welcome to the Spin Podcast. I'm Reggie, and today's episode is part one of our part two series, the Paris episode, and we're featuring LeBlogatech founder and producer Christoph Abrik. Hi, this is Everything Everything. This is Roddy from Idlewell. You're listening to The Spin. You're listening to The Spin. Hi, everybody. This is Juan Waters. This is Chassie. We are Napier. You're listening to The Spin with Reggie. All right, so how do you want to start the story? <laughs> oh, hi there, podcasters. Welcome to The Spin. I'm Reggie. And thanks for tuning into the very first part of our second part series for our Paris episode. Um, everything's recorded in Paris. And the first part is featuring LeBlogatech producer and founder Christophe Abrik. And the second part will feature American post-punk band that was touring around Europe. I met him up in Paris called Omni. And then we have French band that's an indie dream pop band called Born Idiot. But before we get into the episodes and what's going to come up, um, since this is a French theme episode, I wanted to help promote a very special music festival happening in France called Levitation. Um, Levitation actually has two festivals that they put out annually. One that happens to be in Austin, Texas. And I've actually been to that one as a festival goer and it was such an incredible time. And that one happens around April. But the other one that's happening in France, uh, is actually happening this month in a few weeks. So, it's going to be happening Friday, September 21st and Saturday, September 22nd in, I'm going to try to say this correctly, correctly, Luque, Luque, I've been practicing, shit, okay, hold on, Luque Angers, you would think after two weeks of being in Paris, I would have picked some stuff up, but I, uh, I all I know really is how to say bonjour and pardon, because I'm really clumsy and I always walk into people but um anyways the lineup has a really big indie all kind of um vibe to it it's very kind of boutique and catered for that specific music nerd but i, I love it so some of the acts that are going to be playing is the brian jonestown massacre spiritualized the soft moon holy wave la luce i mean the list goes on and on and on but tickets are still available if you want to experience like a unique festival with like-minded music lovers like yourself, um, head on over to levitation-france.com to get your tickets. But anyway, I'm currently sitting in Barcelona in my hotel room, waiting for my coffee to pulsate through my veins and then get to my brain. And and I'm also researching some of the musicians that are uh, pretty big here in the Barcelona scene and some of the record labels. So make sure to watch out for a Barcelona episode coming soon. But I'm also kind of reflecting back to my time spent in Paris. I got lucky enough to visit Paris twice in a month. So the first time I visited, I got lucky enough to catch Atlanta band Omni while they were touring Europe. And I also spoke to a French band from Rennes and they are called Born Idiot. But these two bands will be featured on our second part of the Paris episode. So the first part of the Paris episode, I fly back to Paris. Well, hey, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard, Captain speaking. Uh, we're going to get you out here just as soon as possible. Because I had gotten really exciting news that LeBlogatech wanted to be a part of our Paris episode. And for those of you that don't know what LeBlogatech is, I feel like I'm going to try to catch you up in the last decade of my life, basically. But um, 
La Blaga Tech was founded 12 years ago by a very passionate music nerd like all of us named Christophe Abrik, who is our guest for today's episode. He partnered with his friend slash director called Vincent Moon, and they both started filming these stunning jaw-dropping videos of indie artists performing in the streets, cafes, libraries, and timeless landmarks in Paris. Where is your son? Where did he go? One, two, three, And all these performances are stripped-down acoustic versions of their well-known songs. And the roster for these musicians that La Blaga Tech has filmed and worked with is endless. Just to name a few of my personal favorite moments, um, artists like Arcade Fire, Alt-J, Leon Bridges, Fleet Foxes, The National, Phoenix, Ben Harper, and they've also covered international artists like Carla Morrison from Mexico, Benjamin Clementine, who's English and French, I mean, the artists they've filmed are such a beautiful and eclectic mix, and it's shot so remarkably, and the sound is so composed, even though that it's in these very public places with background noise. But as of lately, La Blaga Tech has gotten attention from huge acts like Justin Timberlake and Alicia Keys. So now they're just getting bigger and bigger and working with these huge artists. I was honored to pick Christoph's brain and speak to the man that was in charge of a lot of my discovery of new indie artists. So so here we are at the house of La Blaga Tech in Paris and me trying not to um, hyperventilate and just get it together. So here it is. You're a veteran with this. So feel free to... With my French accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, my name is Christophe Abric. I'm known as Cride on the web. I'm the founder of La Blogothèque, which is a, a collective of people creating music events and crazy music videos on the web. Okay, so where are we currently? In, I know we're in the house of La Blogothèque. But where specifically are we in Paris right now? We are in the northeast of Paris, uh, near Les Buttes Chaumont, a beautiful park. Um, it's been La Blogothèque's office for the last three years. Um, northeast of Paris is the place to be when you work in music because that's where all the music venues are. So we're in the heart of it. And as far as um, getting inspiration to do some of the videos with locations, do you think this is like an ideal spot to try to get kind of like that inspo machine going? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, because, yeah, I think you'll, you'll tell it. It, it's, it looks like uh, a small house hidden behind buildings. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of inspiring. And we used it a few times uh, to actually make videos. It's kind of a tough thing now to find new places in Paris. <laughs> Feels like we explored it a lot. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen some of the locations that you guys have shot and they just seem so big and majestic and beautiful. And there's markets, chateaus, hallways. And I've always been curious um, as far as what would be, is it, now are you so long into the game? You guys have been doing the blog for what, 11, 12 years yeah. nearly? 
is it more is it easier for you to like pack on locations as to before uh it's both easier and more complicated it's it's very weird because when we began in 2006 nobody was doing that so everybody was surprised and we and everything was exciting we could like enter uh, a coffee shop or a hairdresser and people were like what oh music boom and three minutes later we we're gone okay. now it's a little bit common to have musicians a little bit everywhere and after a while we got the feeling that oh my god where could we go uh, i remember filming mumford and sons a few years ago and we're in an area where we filmed so many bands. And Mumford was like, maybe we could go there. Oh no, we filmed two bands there. Or maybe we could go up that stairs. Oh no, we filmed a guy there. And we're like, oh shit. So um, how to find a great location is tougher. The thing that's easier is that now that we are a little bit more popular than we used to be, getting crazy places that we thought 10 years ago that we would never get access to gets easier. Because, you know, it's like, when you get when you when you get to film a beautiful film in a beautiful museum for example mm -hmm. this museum can tell the other museums okay those guys are cool you can go so it ah, it's sort of a small okay. museum mafia <laughs> <laughs> and as far as um like the bigger locations do you think now people know that you're more established that people are like Give me the money. Is it or is it more just like welcoming? Do you think, in a sense, um, we never we never really had uh, a money program. The thing is that I think that it's not just us. It's just that um, over the years, with so many videos being made everywhere, uh, location people are, are got so many requests for short movies, fun movies, music videos that. At one time, he said, okay, you have to pay. Uh, but until now, it's been like very nice. It's like even if when we have to pay and we understand we have to pay because when you're in a crazy, beautiful space, you have to pay for the, for the people that are going to stay longer to open you, to open the lights, to take care of the building when it's an historical building. And also, we understand that sometimes it's a way for those crazy places to have a little bit of money to how do you say that to take care of the place so mm -hmm. but it's never been greedy oh, in a way good. that yeah, yes yeah. and since you guys have shot in so many beautiful spots what's been your personal favorite and what's been the biggest pain in your ass too what's been the biggest pain in your ass location wise the biggest pain in the ass location-wise... I like how you went uh, with that first. Yeah, because that led, a part of my brain is thinking of the favorite. In the <laughs> uh, yeah, the biggest pain in the ass are parks in Paris. Ah. Because weirdly, we always get trouble in parks. Because you always have a god who's got nothing to do. <laughs> and was sub too serious. Yeah, and suddenly he gets something important to do. He can like go and see that shooting crew, and that's so. That, that, that's uh, that's yeah. That's always a pain. Oh, my favorite one is. Oh, I got. I, I mean, if you got two, I could take two. I got. I got. I got. I got so many. It's like obviously the Bradbury Building in Los Angeles when we did the Justin Timberlake video was mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the. It's weird because we've made many like that. 
the time is in the city hall of Paris, they have a library that I didn't know about that's on the last floor of the city hall. And it's a very small library. You can like, uh, there are like 50 seats, but plenty of old books. And I remember because it's important to me because it was one of the first historical place where I could film. And I remember it was magical because it was looking like Poudlard library, like Harry Potter feeling and all <laughs> that stuff. And we, we filmed Falls yeah, there and it, oh, and it was that's very... That's where that was shot. Right? Yeah, and it was very beautiful because it was... They were amazed and they were like... They're kind of a powerful band, but you could feel that they were like trying to be powerful, but at the same time respect the salinity of the place so that was great but i could also yeah i was like no, i could tell you about it. yeah hundreds. <laughs> and um as far as your engineers your sound engineers i don't know who they are but i mean I, I just think it's really visually you guys are doing such a good job it's amazing but the sound engineer with like life happening in the background like who are these guys they're crazy they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're crazy so uh yeah, and the thing is that they never stop. It's like each time they do something complicated, they go even, <laughs> even further. You know, but what I love about the sound engineers from Blogotech is that they're, they're crazily in love with their job. And each time, a few of them, each time we go to a different place, at the end of a shooting, they ask everybody to leave so they can like record a few sounds so they can take the print, the sound print of the place. Mm -hmm. And so they have a collection. So they have a collection of sound print of the places. And so they have their own collection of, if they want to put the exact reverb that there was in that library, okay. they have it all. So they're, they're crazy like this. I mean, it, it truly shows to it. Like they just do such an amazing job. You could hear it. And I remember watching these videos and just thinking like, how is it that I could hear a string of the guitar? I don't understand where there's like kids screaming in the background. So kudos. Hidden mics. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as far as um, what's the journey of Labogatech? How did it start? Who got involved? Uh, oh, yeah. I to say day in French, you say journée. So I was like, what's a typical day of Blogotech? <laughs> um, oh, my God. The history of Blogotech. And yeah, I know. I'm sure you've said it plenty of times. Yeah, no, especially it's been like it's it's been 15 years because it was a blog before. The, mm. be, it 15 years, 600 bands. So it's like uh, I'm gonna try to do it very quickly. Yeah. I was a tech journalist. I was getting bored, <laughs> and I was getting bored reading music press in France. So I asked a few friends to if they wanted to launch a music blogs at time of the music blogs and it was we were the first one doing mp3 blogs at the time so we get got a little bit famous in france and it mm -hmm. began to work and then one day i got the idea of the takeaway shows by seeing arcade fire playing in the streets at the time and i reached out to a friend vincent moon who was a photographer at the time and asked him if he wanted to have to make this idea with me we made the first takeaway show, then we made two, three, four, five, six, so many, <laughs> and so many that after a while I had to quit my job to do that full time. And so it's been a company since 2009, okay. and we continue making takeaway shows and videos and... Uh, 
and yeah now we are like uh we have like 10 persons working full-time um in this office and as far as um you had a daytime job i'm just curious to what your daytime job was and when was the moment that you decided to say like fuck that i'm just gonna do my own thing uh my daytime job was i was a tech journalist uh for a news website i was oh. i was writing about google napster ipods and stuff like that so um the fact is that now, now it's a old time it's a long time ago so now i, I can totally say it it's like first thing that happened is that blogotech became so important in my life that i was doing it from my job it was like i was working on my articles on one screen and another screen i was writing for blogotech and all i like how you're <laughs> scared after like 15 years you're like should i say it? yeah <laughs> they, they all know <laughs> they, they, they all know but um then I found another job in a in a media agency that was very cool with me doing Blogotech. They helped me do Blogotech. And then in 2008, with the crisis, I got fired. And it was really not a choice. It was like, it was, no, it was, it was not me quitting my job. It was like, suddenly I was out of a job and I was getting old. I was 35. I was getting a kid and I was like, okay. Blogotech is taking too much time. I cannot just do it as a side thing. So either I find a decent job and I do my job and bye-bye Blogotech. It, it was cool young years. Or I go crazy Blogotech. And I decided to do that. That was not always easy. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm happy I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, from the beginning, it seems like you guys had a lot of really big name acts like I'm from Barcelona, Grizzly Bear, you guys had, I mean, the list could go on, Cold War Kids, Arcade Fire. I mean, as an independent podcaster, it's really impressive to see the beginning bands. How did that happen for a beginning kind of like music blog? It was, it was very weird because when we got the idea of the takeaway shows, nobody wanted to do them. It's like because people at the time didn't understand what we wanted to do. It's like, we were like, yeah, could we have an hour with your artists? We're going to labels in France. And we're saying yes to do what? Uh, oh, we just want to go in the street and play music. And uh, they didn't understand. So it really, it took me more than a year to convince one label girl to tell me, okay, try this with the Spinto band, the artist at the time. But the crazy thing is that the moment we started, it never stopped. It's like we did, we, it took us a year and a half to have the first one. And a month later, we had eight of them. And I think that at the time, two things played very well was that it was very fresh and new at the time. So it was very exciting for bands because we were like breaking the routine of promo. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that the word of mouth is, I think that what worked, especially with American bands, was that we filmed a few American bands and then we had other American bands coming to Paris and trying to reach out to us. And what we realized that was that a band was coming back from Paris and was telling their friends, oh, if you go play in Paris, you should meet those two crazy French guys. You should do the video and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and that being helped by a sudden popularity of some videos. The Grizzly Bear one, when they sing Knife in the Street, it went super big. 
and it put us on a map for the US audience and that's mm. one thing and the other thing is like they love Paris so it yeah. was like oh I'm gonna get film in Paris yeah So I've noticed with some of the um, reoccurring big bands that come through again, yeah. is it really important to keep that kind of um, kind of like that friendship between that band just so when they do come back to Paris, they think of Le Blog Attack? I think it's, it's important because, yeah, it's cool to see how a band evolves. It's also cool to, to, do, to try and do other things. It's not always easy. Many bands, when they got big... They were like, okay, Blogotech is when is for emerging artists. Uh, okay. So now it's now it changed because we made so many bigger artists and all. But for at the time it was like, yeah, we did a Blogotech when we were small, but now we are bigger so, or huge. But it takes some years, but sometimes it comes back. For example, Arcade Fire, uh, we filmed them 12 years ago, nothing. And we filmed their show in Paris a few months ago. And it was like, It's amazing. And it was amazing because on stage in front of 15,000 people, Win Butler said hi to the guys from Blogotech who are filming again today. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, yeah. <laughs> that was so woo. <laughs> and it's great because, yeah, we grew up together. They grew up bigger than us, obviously, but it's cool when you have like an artist recognizing that you were there at important point of the starting career in their beginning steps basically and um for me i used to look at the blog attack and um i i would want to have some way of searching up new bands i've never heard of and i would go to the youtube uh, channel and then just look up the musicians i've never heard and every time it was like how did they know i was gonna like this band it's so strange but i'm curious with the um as far as booking musicians was did it start off with you and now do you have a booker how does that happen La Blogotech better than algorithms <laughs> uh now we have a team so it's like it's it's been me for a long time yeah uh it's been me and the directors often it's like uh i like it better when it comes from a real desire for from the person with actual films so um, It's, yeah, I don't know, it's like it's intuition. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, I, I remember being in a restaurant in a small city in Lisbon and the whole playlist of the restaurant, I was telling my girlfriend, it's like, this guy must know Blogotech, it's impossible, he must know Blogotech, the music is like exactly what we do. And when I went to, to him and say, Do you by any chance know Blogotech? was like, oh my God. I was like so surprised. And it was, and yeah, it's always like, it's one thing to make beautiful movies and it's very satisfying. But yeah, having people trusting you for discovering new bands, it's always something that I'm very happy with. Uh, it's a little bit tougher those days <laughs> to find music because, but yeah, it's always, always great. Yeah. Um, and as far as I, I've noticed that you guys, you mentioned earlier that there was a lot of American artists that started just catching on from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to incorporate more Parisian artists as well, just because it is shot in Paris? Uh, the thing is, we're doing more and more Parisian artists because they're more interesting than they used to be. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the French indie pop scene was, has always been quite cool. 
but it's been incredibly dynamic those last two years. So yeah, we're doing more Parisian artists because there are more Parisian artists to film. But the thing, at the time we were filming more American artists because you take an American to Paris and it's like, whoa, you take a Parisian to Paris, it's like, yeah, okay. So, so you, don't, you, you didn't get quite the excitement and the, the energy you had with American artists being here. You didn't have the same with the Parisian one here. So it's always drove us like to the more exciting thing. Yeah. And now that you guys are getting so massive, like you guys have people that you've recorded, like Charles Bradley, Leon Bridges, Alicia Keys, Jack White. Um, what are what are one of some of the artists that you kind of like had to pinch yourself and be like, oh fuck, we made it. like this is a huge deal that we did. Yeah. Um, well, Timberlake. It's the the funny thing is that Justin Timberlake looks like the absolute opposite of Blugotech. But the thing is that I found back an interview I made in two thousand and eleven, when. At the end of the interview, I said, he asked me, who would you like to do? And I was like, I would love to try and do a takeaway show with a mainstream artist like Justin Timberlake. So, yeah, I could pinch myself because it was so huge that <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, but uh, you'll see in a month. Right now, oh, okay. right, right now I'm pinching myself every minute. Okay. But, <laughs> um, I, I really think... Yeah, it's 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 basic answer, but yeah, the Arcade Fire because they were the one who gave me the idea. Then four years later, we finally filmed them, and the thing we did with them was so crazily insane, mm -hmm. like playing in an elevator and then going directly into the crowd and mm -hmm. singing to the crowd. I remember I was holding my mic and I was thinking, "Oh my god, I made it! Oh my god, I made it!" So, <laughs> and at the time, I was younger and I was like a huge fan. So I was like, oh. <laughs> I think I would, yeah, you know, when you're getting older, you're like getting like a little bit less frantic about all those things. But yeah, I think I was more excited by Arcade Fire at the time mm -hmm. than I would be by a big artist right now. But yeah, Arcade Fire was crazy. Timberlake was crazy. Mm -hmm. And the one that's going to come, it's, uh, I can't say. <laughs> um, and what artists do you think have shocked you performance wise that you were just like, oh man, they're incredible act Alicia Keys Alicia Keys because frankly when when the label called me to do Alicia Keys at first they thought I wouldn't accept they were like oh, do you want to film Alicia Keys I'm even sure you don't have any interest and I was like well why not try and she, yeah she blew my mind because we spend like emails and emails and emails and emails, hundreds of emails trying to explain a team what we wanted to do. And when you've got like such a mainstream artist, everything is planned. So they were, they were like, okay, here's the setup for TV. We're like, no, no, strip down. Oh, we have a strip down set for piano, but it was never strip down. And we're pushing for strip down, pushing. And one day out of nothing, they said, okay, we're just gonna have a road, a Rhodes, a stand-up bass, and her. And I was even like, uh, no mics? No, no mics, no amps. Okay. And the thing is like, she played the game 
entirely. She was like, she was sitting at a keyboard. She had like 150 people in front of her and she had no amplification at all. And I was listening to her voice and it was like, not a flow. It was crazy. It was my She's got some lungs on her, huh? Oh my God. And I remember turning to one of my friends and saying, Oh my God, so much for the indie kids. <laughs> because like, okay, soul singers. Sorry, indie kids. Yeah, like R&B singers. Like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so, and you've had like Charles Bradley that is now recently deceased, but in his music video and the, um, I think it's a takeaway show. Yeah. He gets really emotional. Was when he passed away, was that kind of like a tough moment for you to see and like watch back and know that, it was tough to learn that he was sick. In fact, it's, it was that thing. It was the the death was like he, he got very sick, then better, then sick again. So you you could feel like oh my god. So the sickness was, uh, yeah. To me, the sickness was much more painful than the death for Charles Bradley, especially because everybody knows the story. The guy like could have had a career in the sixties, didn't have it. And when he finally got his career, he was old, but he was embracing every minute of it. It's like, that's crazy because you're saying he was emotional in a, in a takeaway show we did in the church. But we also did an apartment show with him. And he was crazy. He was like, literally, I never saw somebody like thanking God for every second of life he had. It was like, he was thanking everybody all the time. He was like, always happy, always giving himself so much it's it's yeah so it's sad to see that suddenly life was not good to him but the thing you could feel happy with is that oh my god he didn't he didn't spill spoil mm-hmm. didn't miss any minute mm-hmm. of the thing when it happens it's like wow crazy it's funny because like with me i feel like um some of the people that i look up to always make it when they're older as well i've noticed that like with comedians with um actors with musicians like in in melbourne a lot of the bands that are up and coming and have made it are not all in their 40s and have kids and divorced but married and it's kind of cool to see him kind of expand that but you said that you started later on in your career as well with leblaga tech and look at you now (laughs) so any wise words that you tell to like the up-and-coming journalists, bloggers, or maybe a girl from L.A. that's doing her podcasts on this side. Any, any wise uh, words that you want to leave them with? Oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because also the, the world changed so much since we began doing the takeaway shows. You know, like just to, if, you, if you go uh, and watch our Arcade Fire takeaway show, it's the band and us among a crowd of 3,000. And if you watch it, you notice that there's no phone. There's no screen. We were the only ones filming. Two guys had phones in the back and we saw the images. It's like you cannot see anything. (laughs) But can you imagine, I began this at a time where, yeah, only five or six people are at the means to film something at a show no everybody does it so yeah the only the only thing is i would have to say because sometimes i feel completely like uh, we say dépassé in france it's like it's we're like out of time it's like and um the only thing is like yeah adapt yourself don't don't try and don't try and stick too much to an id because 
the world is moving so much that it, it might completely collapse. And I'm saying that, and while that, I've been doing the same thing for 12 years. But what I'm trying to say is that the takeaway shows are not an idea. It's a state of mind. It's like we want to create crazy moments and film them. That's all. It's not a YouTube podcast. It's not a, it's not an iTunes podcast. It's not a YouTube program. It's moments that we film. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that at first we were calling ourselves a video cast. <laughs> so you see, uh, you can laugh. All right, Christophe, well, thank you so much for having me here in your home in La Blaga Tech. And it's incredible to finally meet you and everything. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. A big warm hug and a big thank you to La Blaga Tech team and the man himself, Christophe, for taking the time and hanging out with me and inviting me to their home at La Blaga Tech. Yeah, it was a real honor just working with someone so passionate about music. And since this episode has aired, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but during the interview, Christoph mentioned that he was in the works with possibly having one of the biggest artists he's ever worked with. And today, the Blogatech team announced that they'll be filming Paul McCartney at a secret intimate show in New York. So congratulations to the Blogatech team. And if you want to see this video, it's going to be out tonight you could also catch some of their previous acts that they've had on and i mean honestly you're doing yourself a favor just by going to the blogger tech youtube and website because there's so many special moments that these guys have captured in the streets of paris and now it's become an international thing so again congratulations for getting one of the beatles and also a big thank you to you guys for listening and making this a very interactive podcast i've been having such an amazing time traveling and getting to know a lot of musicians and people in the industry and if you really like what you're listening to this is completely an independent podcast i put my heart and soul into it and there's no financial benefit to it but i would like to get some more feedback from you guys i want to hear how i'm doing or if there's something i need to improve on or if there's some artists that i'm missing out on in the music world um Feel free to rate and subscribe the podcast uh, and share it with any other people that you know that are into indie alternative music and want to listen and find out new artists. So share, subscribe, and most importantly, rate, because that's how I know what you guys want to listen to. And we're constantly checking our social media and always up to chatting about music. And if you have any suggestions for uh, music for us to listen to, that would be great. We're um, under the Spin Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, friend us and see what my crazy ass is up to um, or where I'm at. But I'll see you guys later. And part two of the Paris episode is coming out in the next few weeks. And this time we'll be featuring Omni and Born Idiot. So see you guys later. See you. The music used for this episode is French band Born Idiot. Au revoir.